Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannons. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Hello and welcome to Play the Bay. I was going to say welcome back, but it's episode one, so I guess I can't say that. But, you know, episode one, Play the Bay on Believe Podcast Network, we will be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Rays, and the Lightning. I am Kaylee and I'm here with Chip and Evan. How are you guys today? It's episode one. It's exciting. Wow. Episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets to move forward. Uh, All of us a trio. And uh, talk about Tampa sports, which I'm excited about. I'm excited about it, too, because out of all yep. three of us, I'm like the biggest one that's the, the Tampa Bay <laughs> sports guy. Oh, yeah. After, but after the past couple of days, I, I, I'm I'm hanging my head in kind of shame for a little bit. Like, <laughs> well, I feel like it's good because <sighs> we will provide like the realistic, like non-homer takes. And you can yes. get like you can be like upset and emotional and like however you want to be after after the Bucks blow another primetime game. So <laughs> which which we all agreed upon on our other show, Sports Caffeine, that the Rams would win. So even yeah. this guy, a Bucks fan, said we the did. Rams would win and they did. So yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Keep you objective, dude. That's what we'll yeah. do. We're gonna keep I'm, you objective. I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> it did make me nervous when we all picked the Rams because remember when we all picked the Packers? <laughs> Yes. Like everyone was like the Packers, even you, Evan, you were like, and I was like, wow, that is, that's some real like hardcore, hardcore stuff. You're not even going with the Bucks. And then, you know, obviously we know how that went, but. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They won, but you know, it it maybe kind of looked like a dummy, but. It did. Yeah. Well, even got into some, uh, some baseball news as well. Obviously we'll talk about a little bit later in the show, but. The Raves making moves uh, early That's and not looking... a move. That's not well. Okay, <laughs> well, it's, okay, not a, not a move. Well, potential moves, and then you know uh, some other things going on, like we said. But good to hear things about baseball. Doesn't that excite you? Oh, it, it, is, you, you... It, it is good to hear things like that, but like it's the wrong kind of things I want to hear. I don't want to well, hear those things. Are you at surprised all. though? Like that move surprised me not at all. I I wasn't surprised because. They're well, very stingy with their wallet. They're very yeah. Stu Sternberg and his wallet is so tightly like it's it's pressed to his butt cheeks. He doesn't let any dollar bills fly <laughs> out of the way. Um, was I was I surprised that he was gone? Not really. I kind of knew he was maybe either going to sign back with us for less money or possibly retire because he said that before the end of uh or the beginning of the season, this past one. But to take. The, the 15 mil from your Atlanta Braves chip. I mean, congratulations to Charlie Morton. He gets to go back. Yeah. Home. Hey. So for 15 mil, that's great. Um, but was I like surprised? No, because that's just the it's just business as usual with the Rays. I mean, they're not going to keep a, 
I mean, and plus, Charlie Morton's old. He's an old guy. I mean, we all know exactly what you can do in the Game 7 situation. He, his, this year, he was kind of <laughs> up and down, up and down. So um, yeah. I know a lot of Rays fans are just up in arms. Like, oh, my God, it's abandoned <laughs> ship. It's like, re- relax, people. Like, w- winter meetings haven't even started yet. They haven't made yep. any of their moves. I mean, so just, just I mean, uh, just like Bucks fans – like they need to chill out too. It's like chill out, you know. There's there's something in the water in Tampa because it just I, seems like with sports, um, as much as like people shouldn't be surprised by the performance of our respective teams, they every every week it's like worst case scenario or best case scenario. Like right. if the team wins, it's like we're winning the championship. If they lose, it's like we're over. Our season's done. We're never gonna win a championship <laughs> in the history of the franchise. And it's like whoa, <laughs> take a yeah. step back. Yeah, let's uh, it's like let's let's pump the brakes uh, uh there for a second skid row and let's let's just <laughs> let's let's hold on let's relax yeah. a little bit yeah i think yeah. everybody's a little bit of a covid fever maybe you know it's been a weird year everything's been kind of off the rails so you you get excited about one thing you know tampa was really excited about tom brady and the you know lightning won the cup and i mean a lot of good things so i just think it's a it's an emotional time right now in tampa a lot of stuff and going I, on I know. I look at the hype train too. Like the hype train has been like, oh, the Rays are so, so good because I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm in, I am disappointed about the Rays not winning the World Series, but like they went all the way to the World Series, which is great. But yeah. like the hype train with the Bucks, and now it's another different kind of like talking now. It's like people are so just, oh, we hate the Bucks now. Tom Brady, <laughs> we wish Jameis Winston was back. Tom Brady, sucks. it's like. Like it's one game and they're seven and four. It's not like they're four and seven. It's like chill out, like chill out. That's why I I would like to start there because I have a lot of those questions where I'm just going to like, I want, I want to like push the envelope with you, Evan, a little bit to just see Uh what your panic level is (laughs) relative to the Buccaneers. Obviously they lost um, a close one against the Rams on Monday night football. We kind of knew being in the in the spotlight of a primetime game that they probably would not perform that well. I think they're one in three for their primetime games this year, and I don't believe they have any more, thank goodness. So Bruce Arians talked to the media after the game, obviously kind of put a lot of the blame on COVID-19 and the pandemic and not having an adequate amount of time to really get those new fresh signees into the system right and it is um it's kind of interesting that now you know we're into the season we're almost done with the regular season and he's now saying you know we didn't have an off season we didn't have a a true like camp and we didn't get to bring all these guys in but neither did any of the other 31 teams so I think it's a little interesting for him to say that but he's not putting a lot of the blame on Tom Brady right so where do you think the blame right now with what we've seen through this point of the NFL season really lies? Is it really, you know, having a short off season or is it, is it the system or having too many names or coaching? I, I think it's a combination of all three and, and it, it, you can't really finger point a who's, who's, you know, who's at fault here because I think it's just a combination of everything. And when and Bruce Arians coming out and saying, Tom Brady looks confused at some at some of the routes. It's like, man, you're continuously calling out Tom Brady. I mean, is is that really the problem, or is it maybe the coaching? Because I think the coaching, especially on the offensive side, has been very vanilla. Like, and it's been very inconsistent too. Because last week against the Carolina Panthers, they ran a lot. I mean, they opened up Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones had a career day last week, and then when you play against the Rams, you ran the ball like 
I think more than half, like less than half than what you did from the week prior. So why are we abandoning this week to week? Why are we going, okay, we're going to run a lot this week and, and we're going to throw 50 times on Monday night against the Rams. That's, that's what I don't get. And when, when you're going against corners like Jalen Ramsey, like, like, the Rams secondary is really good, and you're Very trying to good. throw the ball 50 times and trying to get it. Listen, Mike Evans is a beast. We all saw that last night. But but when you're trying to open it up like that and, and just abandoning your running game, it's like, who is really coaching here? Is Byron Leftwich calling the plays? I know he said Tom Brady is calling the he's calling some of the plays and they're letting him do this and everything. But who is really saying is this Tom Brady's fault for the the, the bad play calling, or is this Byron Leftwich you know fault for calling the plays? Like whose fault is it really? So. And and just kind of putting the blame on COVID and like we didn't have these guys. Shut up, man. Thirty-two that's, teams didn't yeah, have like, guys in there. <laughs> like I, that's the worst excuse you can you can say when, it, especially now since we're the season's almost over. It's like, well, you know, COVID happened a few months ago, even before the season happened. Let's let's kind of like take that out of the equation here too. And I think also, you know, adding too many pieces to the puzzle. Antonio Brown, listen, he looks okay. I think week by week he's looking he's looking pretty good and getting comfortable with the offense, but I think adding too many stars is kind of making things difficult too as well. Chip, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, like you said, COVID can it can it can be an excuse for every football team, and when you have as many options as Tom Brady has, I mean, I think he tries to distribute the ball around, and he got into a little bit of a rhythm last night. You saw with Antonio Brown, where Antonio Brown had four or five targets, four or five catches, uh, and started to get going, but. I think that in the one thing you brought up, L. Bushman, is that the audibles are these bad throws. Like, what? Who are those audibles, or are those are those scripted plays? Is he missing? Uh, you know, the passes that they're calling, or is he audibling to a play? Then there's there's lack of communication. Which getting to know your receivers, these guys didn't have a lot of time, and no team really did. But that's something that you get with with continuity, and and you didn't go to a new system, and you didn't make a lot of changes, and I mean. That's kind of what they have. And so continuity is the most important thing, I think, in, in football, on either side of the football, either offense or defense. So you still have guys getting to know each other. But these aren't these aren't like passes that Tom Brady would normally make, like uh, the GOAT, the quarterback. These are like 10-yard air balls over people's heads. So, yeah. I mean, those aren't – Tom Brady shouldn't be throwing that. He, sh- he should – if you're missing, miss within a yard or two or outstretch fingers or, you know – that's that's when you know you're on the same page. But these are either blatant miscommunications where they're changing the play and they don't know each other, or I mean, let's face it, maybe Tom Brady. This is kind of our, our swan song. Maybe hey, if you can't sit back there and and get the ball to the people, uh, you know, it's time to to pack it up. Kaylee, do you think because we we saw we saw Tom Brady, we saw Brady throw it deep a lot last night. Do you think his arm strength is probably going? I don't know if it's going, but I do think it's interesting because like you said, the the play calling is so inconsistent because when you look at the Saints game, they ran the ball five times, right? And that was something that came up a lot because you look at what, you know, it just changes so much week to week. And I it's hard for me to say that that's not something to do with Tom Brady or a large portion of it because when you look at like the past four weeks, I think there was a stat like he's gone zero for 19 on deep passes and thrown three interceptions in yeah. those in those passes. And that's yep. really concerning because that's like that's obviously the, the style that he wants to play. Right. Like you've got three really talented running backs 
of all different skill sets really on your roster, you should be able to adjust and really and and use your run game a little bit better than they have been able to. And it, I, yeah. I don't find that to be a play calling issue. I do think that that has a lot to do with Tom Brady, but I think it's interesting because now we're really seeing you take Tom Brady out of New England, you take him away from Belichick, and that's a system that he was really built around him and built for him and built adjusting to what his style is. And now you put him in a place where now you've got these. I think we lost Kaylee there for a yeah. second. Her internet, <laughs> her internet is frozen. I will take her out real quick. Uh, let's before we bring her back in. Our guest is actually in the uh, the green room right now. He is one of the hosts of uh, Shooter in the Stash. Let's bring to the uh, Play the Bay stream. It is my boy Shooty. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's happening, guys? What's hey, going Shooty, on? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Uh, so yeah, we were just talking about you know the Bucks and their Monday night performance and how you know the play calling has been really inconsistent. Um, you know, who's really calling the plays? I kind of want to get your perspective because I mean, you're, you're really vocal on Twitter just as I am about the Bucks. And what, what is really going on? Who is calling the plays? Why is it so inconsistent where we're running the ball so many times one week and then we're just dropping off the next? What, what is going on with their Bucks offense? I don't know, but I get so freaking mad watching these games. <laughs> but all right, so it's supposed to be the offensive coordinator, right? Byron right. Leftwich yep. is supposedly playing the or calling the plays. Um, I don't, I, do you guys have a clue on who else it would be? I mean, I mean, Arian said he came out saying, okay, Tom calls some of his plays and then we let him do that. It's like, okay, but these, we, I don't really know, honestly. I mean, if, if to me, if, if Tom Brady's calling the call, the plays, then he should be doing. 10 to 15 dump passes like he was doing in New England. That's that's his strength. That's what we all know his his offensive skills are. I mean, he, he's been throwing the ball deep so many times. It's like, and it, his ball has, honestly, to me, he's lost a little bit of zip to it. It's not what it used to be. But I think when they're airing it out too much, that's Tom Brady. And when they're running a lot, that's that's Byron Leftwich right there, unless they're just kind of matching between the two and saying, you know what, let's just screw it and call whatever. I, I don't really know. I wish we could yeah. find out those air balls, if they're audibles, if they're calls at the line, or is Tom Brady making those adjustments on the fly and then obviously not knowing the wide receivers, not knowing Evans, not knowing the guys enough to where you make a bad throw and it's a 10-yard you know, air ball over somebody's head directly to the safety. Yeah, yeah and I, I was going to say, I, too, I you know, it also it does, also doesn't help when your running backs are ineffective, too, when they're not catching balls, Leonard Fournette. It, it, that that doesn't help anything when it comes to when you're especially when you're on a drive and then your your guys are just bobbling balls like it's it's a piece of butter in 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 your hands. <laughs> what when I I wish they would, I know I know Arians is is really about who's got the hot hand, but when you know Ronald Jones has really been that guy and you're running for you're you're giving it to Fournette more. It's just really confusing me about it's it's the consistency of the whole thing. I mean, what what are your thoughts on on the run game part? Well, it's it's not good. And, and like you said, Brady loves those little kind of outlet safety passes to the running backs. And oh, my God, like how many drops can you have in one game? <laughs> and, you know, eventually he's probably like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I think it may be this kind of situation where it's like, all right, Byron Leftwich, really young offensive coordinator, uh, has the goat in town. And I think maybe it's one of those things where it's like, you know, here's two plays, you call what you want in the huddle, or maybe it's one play, but Tom has that ability to go up and, and make the audible right at the line based on what he sees. Maybe it's like 
too much in between, right? And there was like, who was it? Jude, um, uh, the former cornerback, came out today and said like, and a, a couple, you know, former Bucks players chimed in, like the offense just has no identity. Like right. you just don't have a clue what they're trying to do. And maybe that's why, because you've got Byron who's like, oh, this is the play we want to run. But, you know, Tom, you got all the flexibility you need because you're the GOAT. And then the GOAT comes in there and kind of confuses things. And maybe it's players getting confused on some plays. I mean, last night it looked like Tom Brady just had a hankering for throwing the ball to the other team. <laughs> it just looked like, like he you... did not see people. He saw ghosts. And maybe yeah. that was the footsteps he heard all night. Well, it doesn't help when the Bucks also employ like 87 different head, like assistant coaches too when like they're all on the <laughs> sidelines. It's like, who, who is coaching who here? So – you know, one thing I also wanted to bring up, too, is, you know, of course, and we've, Chip, you and I have talked about this on the show plenty of times, is their secondary is, is still young and they're still getting smoked. And when you guys, when you, when they have, going against guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, they got smoked last night. And, and Jared Goff, listen, Jared Goff to me is like a tier three, tier two quarterback, but he's got talented receivers around him. And when the Bucks secondary has always been an issue this season, and especially against good teams, and you let Cooper Cup, the white wonder like smoked you last night. It was just, I, I honestly, man, I I'm really afraid. I'm, I'm nervous as hell, especially when they go against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas city chiefs coming up on a short week. I mean, what are your thoughts, Judy? It, it's, it's scary, right? Cause how are they going to play? I mean, it seemed, and, and I'll just preference this with, I don't watch like the, the all 11s and the game tape, all 22, whatever the hell they call it. I don't even know what it's called. So <laughs> I just watch the game and the highlights and that's it. But like, you know, it, it seems to me like they're playing defensively based on their opponent. And you see against Drew Brees, like it was all zone, not too many blitzes. And then you saw against Goff last night, it was a lot of zone again. Zone, and yeah. it, I kind of felt yeah. like they, the last quarter, when you saw the defense start to, you know, tighten up, I felt like they switched to man. Um, so I feel like they they know when they have success, but they I don't know if it's the game planning. They're they're thinking, oh, zone's gonna work against the Rams, zone's gonna work against the Saints, they're gonna beat us if we blitz them too much. Um, I I don't know kind of what's at play there, but it kind of seems like um that that zone just isn't the defense, it just doesn't work well with the players they have on the defense. Uh, especially gonna, with the limited yeah. pass rush that they're getting because they're not getting the pass rush from Barrett that they were getting or, you know, Vita Vey is out too. And even though we don't think of him as a pass rusher, him clogging up the middle and taking two guys and, and leaving one of our defensive ends, maybe on a one-on-one is going to make a big difference in that pass rush. And I think like, you know, golf was hitting guys wide open um, and, and they yeah. had time to run after. And, and a lot of that you saw was kind of zone and our linebackers, as good as they are, dropping back in coverage is not their strength. I mean, one of those touchdowns was definitely on Levante David. I'm not saying he's not a great player. He's probably our best player on defense, but him and Devin white dropping back into coverage just has not been pretty this year. And that they've kind of been exposed a little bit. Yeah. Shooty, uh, I want to move on to the Tampa Bay Rays before we get you on out of here. Um, I know it's a sore <laughs> subject. Ah. Rough couple, uh, of, rough couple of hours. Rough couple. Been a of rough hours. couple of days for the, yeah. for the Tampa Bay sports. Um, Charlie Morton, old, you know Charlie freaking Morton, signing with actually Chips uh, Atlanta Braves here for fifteen mil one year. I 
I'm a, unlike, you know, I like me, I wasn't surprised. I thought he was either going to take less money or retire, but he signs with his, his Braves, so he gets to go back to Atlanta. Thoughts on Charlie Morton, you know, leaving the Rays for 15 mil for one year? Or I mean, think? I, I would imagine that the Rays probably could have offered him the same thing, maybe a little <laughs> bit less. And and he would have stayed because you know, bro. You know, Stu's not handing out money like that. Come on, bro. No, I I, no. I thought I saw something where they offered him like ten million or something. Which you know, at that stage in his career, an extra five million, maybe his last year. You know, you're going to take that, especially to go to Atlanta, who can definitely be a contender next year. But you know, it was the raise to to botch this one because he lives in Bradenton. He you know was thinking about retiring last season. And, um, you know, was, was he, he was great during the playoffs, but during the season he was, uh, he was okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think the thing that they're going to miss is like, he was kind of the, the veteran in that, in that pitching, uh, clubhouse and rotation. Yeah. I, I don't, don't see them replacing that. And they're talking about trading Snell, or at least the rumor <laughs> says. So, I mean, that's, that's just the life of of a race fan and i guess we we just have to get used to it I, we should be used to it by now we get oh, to know could, players and they should yeah to tell everybody on twitter then that's the, the business usually as usual because nobody follows that on twitter they're all like freaking out right now so that's i think more it just catches you off guard every year it's like yeah. damn i just i just started to love that guy and that's why i said <laughs> if you if you complain about buying merch with other players names on the back Get a customized shirt. Get a customized jersey of your own name. That way, you can't leave. You're not going anywhere unless you leave the fandom. So, anyway, it's good policy. Yeah, it's exactly. So, I think more right, wants a chance to play the Rays again. That's why I went to Atlanta. One of the motivating factors, maybe getting to a team over there in the National League where he might get a chance to see the Rays again. Could be. Shooty, before we get on, get you on out of here. You know, predictions for the Bucks the rest of the oh, way. Gosh. Well, I I think don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think after the Chiefs game, the schedule gets a little easier. <laughs> and <laughs> the good thing about the Bucks is they handle their business against the teams they should handle their business against. So here's the problem, though: they definitely have still have a great chance of making the playoffs, even though it's kind of a log jam for those three wild card spots now, or however the hell they do it. Um, so that's going to help them hopefully get in, but they've lost to the teams they're going to be head, head up against like LA and Chicago. So they're not in the best spot right now. Uh, the division's going to be really hard because New Orleans, way, we'd, we'd have to win out essentially to catch up to New Orleans. Um, I can see them dropping. Uh, you just hate to see them drop the next game on Sunday, but they're playing the Chiefs. So I can see them <laughs> dropping the next game, but winning the the final, the rest of the game, the rest of the season, which is what? That's three more games after the Chiefs. We're in the final quarter of the season, right? Yeah. I think yeah, that's four. Vikings, Lions, and Falcons twice. Okay, right. so yeah. So yeah. this will be yes. the last game of kind of the third quarter of the season. Yeah. So yeah, I, I could see them winning out, maybe losing one of those last four games. And still getting in. The problem is, you. I mean, you can tell what the Bucks' weaknesses are. Um, teams know how to play them now. Uh, they're not still trending up like they were uh, several weeks ago. So that's what they need to do is kind of start to put it all together. Because it is the teams that really get hot going into the playoffs that a lot of times you see getting the wild card and win the Super Bowl. There was yeah. a, a couple of years back, like that was kind of the trend where it was all the wild cards teams winning it for several years. And it was because they were all kind of on these, these hot streaks going into the playoffs. So maybe that happens with the Bucks. But the problem is, um, you know, I said it before last night is 
the Bucs can't handle teams with good defensive lines. And that's what messes up Brady. And that's why he was throwing the ball to ghosts or the LA Rams last night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shooty, thanks for coming on the show. You can catch him with Shooter in the Stash. You guys just revamped everything, right? No, well, we're gonna we're gonna revamp our podcast. So you guys are gonna have to come on that once we get our crap together. Of course. Um, yeah, come on there. Go check out the new video though. Tampa Bay Thanksgiving. It is all jokes. It stars the man above me. Multiple roles. Multiple yes. roles he has. And I and I Love sing that. in this one too. I yeah. sing yes. and and oh, actually, no. the his lines when I sent them, they were not like meant to be sung. We just kind of like, you know, I was like, you know, it'd be cool. I heard you can sing, which is not true. <laughs> but I did like how you added that 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 singing. I I was basically like, you know, my character for Marpet has a ukulele in his arms. I mean, I could make it disappear, but it'd be a lot cooler if you sung. So thank you for doing that. Go check it out to listen to. Uh, Evan in his multiple roles. See if you can. I said one of the characters. See if you can find the other one. He's probably tweeted out twenty times. I, I have already. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Thanks guys. All right. All we right. Have a, somebody just like typed in a manifesto. Into oh gosh. Dark Sage from a Twitch. Twitch. We have a person watching on Twitch. Actually. Wow. There we go. Perfect. I love that. I, I will give Tampa credit for all they uh, accomplished this season, winning the American League and facing the Dodgers in the World Series. But I still feel the Rays had no chance against LA, despite now good how good they are. I do not believe Stu Sternberg and his family really won a World Series for Tampa. He is someone to me who only cares about himself. I definitely agree upon that. So, <laughs> yes. Kaylee, did you get your Wi Fi fixed? I did. Oh my gosh. I. You know what? I'm not even going to talk down on Spectrum. <laughs> but I'll leave that open to the imagination. It's like it works all day until I really need it to work. And then it's like, nope, no internet. So I'm back. I'm I'm ready to roll. I didn't Remember. hear like half of that conversation. So it's all good. Remember Spectrum. If you want to advertise with us, go to believe. Fix my Wi-Fi. <laughs> and fix Kaylee's Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were, we were talking about, you know, the Tom Brady and who's really calling the plays. And we went to the secondary who got burnt last night, you know, oh, Cooper God. cup and Robert Woods just basically put on a clinic last night. You yeah. know, what, what did you, what did you think of the, of course we talk about this all the time about their secondary is always suspect They're they're young. It's, yeah. And, they, and when they play good teams like that, they get smoked. You know, what, what are your thoughts on Monday? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think that is a really good point. I did hear his point on, obviously, why are you going to push a secondary? That's been obviously Jalen Ramsey is a huge huge guy in that secondary, but their whole secondary has really stood up, especially in the second half of the season coming into it. Um, they've really improved with their schedule, but I I don't know. It's just, it's tough. I don't really understand the play calling. I don't understand what their, what their goal is, what they're trying to do. And, and it, it does make me nervous. Like I think the chiefs game um, is, is obviously a worry, but then you look at the Vikings who, you know, obviously they didn't have a great week this past week, but really were getting on a streak, right? Like they look like one of those teams that could get on a streak and kind of sneak into some sort of spot if there was a pathway there that opened up. And, you know, the Falcons are are the Falcons, but I could honestly see them losing one of the games to the Falcons and I could see them losing to the Chiefs and I could see the Vikings being a challenge. And as much as I don't want to speak like negativity into the Bucs um, future, but, you know, it, the path to these like should win games doesn't seem nearly as clear anymore. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but those there's some, there's only five games on the schedule and they don't all seem winnable by any stretch. I, your, your comment about the chiefs game worries you. This, <laughs> this terrifies me. Like 
terrifies me. Like I, yeah. I don't. Chip, what is the spread on this game? Do you know? Is that uh, is it out yet? I mean, I don't know if it's. I'm sure it, it might be no out. But, I mean, it's going to be at least. It's probably going to be a touchdown at least. Would be my guess. I think it's gonna be more than that. They're gonna get smoked. Yeah, in a second. I mean, probably yeah. it could be ten, maybe. Um, but we'll see. I mean, That's and like a you know, lot, well, ten is ten is a lot. I think it's over a touchdown. But you know, um, Shooty brought up a good point as far as the zone coverage. Tampa ran a lot of zone, and if you're not getting any upfield pass rush, all you're allowing is a quarterback to sit back there. And just yeah. make throws. And that's right. when you have a decent quarterback and Jared Goff against, if he's pressured, he's one of the worst in the NFL. Now, if he has a clean pocket and he sits back there, he can light you up. So, I mean, that's just yeah. going to be the uh, the pass rush is going to be um, the biggest issue, I think, for the Bucks. So, if they're going to run too deep zone, they're going to have to improve their pass rush. I do have I, a question. I- Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have like an a way too early um question, like one of those like way too early reactions to the season so far, even though we don't know how it's going to play out. We mentioned that they have like a lot of guys that they're just names, right? Like they brought in Leonard Fournette, they brought in Antonio Brown, they've got LaShawn McCoy, all those last minute additions, you know, coming into the season that are really the root of what Bruce Arians is kind of blaming the lack of success in some of these games on. Who do you think, if you're Bruce Arians and the GM and the, and the organization going into next season, who do you shed, right? Like, who? what are the one or two guys that you could see them just trading away or, you know, cutting just to kind of make things a little more cohesive? Like, if you could remove a couple pieces and make this a perfect team, who would you remove? I, I would so, say first you get rid of Brown and then Fournette. You, get, you cut those guys out. Because, I mean, they're making league minimum. And obviously – they're Brown's looking get, he like he's getting better each week, but he's not the Antonio Brown we know from Pittsburgh. That's that that guy's long gone. He's not going to be there anymore. Now, as much chemistry as you you can have with Tom Brady all day, but if you're not, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So if you're not scoring yeah. TDs, I don't care about you. And with Fournette's problem with with the drop sees, and he's he's not playing like he's it's. I would say cut the the fat of those two guys, and then keep the. I mean, look. Chris Godwin's and Mike Evans, they're the number one and number two of that team. I mean, mm-hmm. keep Gronk because that's Tom Brady's safety blanket. And of course, whenever Tom Brady retires, so is Gronk. So whenever those two, whenever one of those guys retires, they're gone. Cameron Bray, you can keep. So I the the guys you can cut the fat off of if they after this season is Brown and Fournette. They're gone. They can go somewhere else and sign somewhere else. I don't know. What do you think, Chip? I mean, I think LaShawn McCoy, I don't even know if he was on the football oh, yeah. last night. I saw, no, I saw him once. I saw him once. Did you? Okay. Yeah, he, I, I did see his face one time. I don't okay. know. Okay. He was, I don't know so if he was, played. He didn't play. He was laughing at something. I saw him like this. What does okay. he have to laugh at? He's not playing. I- <laughs> <laughs> and, by, and by the way, we're both hard. All of us should not do any spreads in Vegas because we're all awful. Uh, the Chiefs are minus three and a half right now. Oh, okay. That's so, a little closer to kind of what I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought it'd yeah. be higher than that. I so. also feel like the Rams game, and this is just kind of like my opinion, the The score was closer than I felt like the game was when I was watching it. So like the score and the line and like looking how it shook out stat-wise um, seems a little closer. And when I was watching it, I was like, the Rams are just a better team. So yeah. that's, I don't know. That's interesting. I, di- I did figure it would be a little bit closer, but but that's interesting. The, the, we'll way, I, the way I saw the game last night is – 
they got outplayed, they got outcoached, and they just flat out, especially in the second half. When Tom Brady, I don't know what Tom Brady, Tom Brady's head was at, like throwing picks, throwing the guys that were nowhere on the routes. It was just like, you know, we've seen games where they look like poopy or poop in the in the first half, and then they make the adjustments. They make the adjustments in the locker room, and then in the second half they come out as they're coming out as, as fire as the fires from hell were. So whatever happened in the locker room. Apparently they didn't say anything to anybody because it just looked like they because they came out flat and then their defense even looked worse than they did in the first half too and then Tom Brady throwing two picks where the last pick was you know you were on a drive to, to win the game and you throw it almost reminded me of Jameis Winston was there like throwing picks like with a minute left to possibly win the game so that's what it looked like to me it was terrible but I gotta tell you it was extreme today to look at all social media feeds and look at Twitter yeah I mean and Chris Cole just hit just hit on that right nail the head that's right not there. the answer no it's I not, was, no. yeah. I was sitting there today and I was like, my God. And I was just like, that's just, I mean, I totally agree. That's not the answer, but we hit it on to the beginning of the show. Um, you know, everybody invested a lot in this team. They invested draft capital. They signed free agents. They did a lot of things. And now Bushman, like you said, expectations uh, were really high. And so, yeah. So, I mean, Sky high. Sky high. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can understand the 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 you know just the chaos that ensued, but I kind of just had to look and go, wow, man, crazy. So yeah, yeah, it happens though, right? Yeah, it, it's COVID this, sports. Well, the, to me, this it, like I've said this on Sports Caffeine before. It reminds me of when the Eagles got that super team together, and then it just went. It was like a sinking ship, and that's what might happen with this overall. Yeah. And that's why I feel like, because you also look at their salary cap issue, like right now they are pushing it. So it's, so when I look at their situation coming out of this year, assuming that they're not going to going to win a Super Bowl, and that's just my assumption based off of where we are right now and what they look like and how close we are to postseason, um, because it doesn't seem like we should be this far into the season. It feels like it just started, but we are, we're almost there. Right. So, um, they're not going to win a Super Bowl based on what they look like now. And, and when you think about their salary cap, like they've got to shed serious fat right not these guys they signed for a year and a couple million they've got to shed some serious fat on 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 both sides of the ball to make this thing work and i'm like when i'm thinking about who that is it's like you look at these guys that that are there and i just i lean always more toward investing in the young players especially the guys who are there and know the system i mean i think mike evans you hit on it mike evans and chris godwin are the cornerstone of this offense so it's really you know I don't know. I would just build around them. Like if I was, if I was that organization, I'm looking at those two guys and saying, let's build around those guys, especially when they're doing their job. And like, you have this miscommunication between Brady and the offense and whoever's play calling. And you have these receivers running their routes and not getting targeted. And they're a lot better than they're really getting to play this year due to that situation. Not that they, not that they were really getting the light shined on them when, when Jameis was there, but <laughs> you just look at it and you're like, dang, like, especially like that game with the Saints, Mike Evans was, was there. Right. So it was like, <laughs> you're just looking and you're like, you feel bad for them. And so I, like, if I was them, I would just lean into the young guys on both sides of the ball. Cause you've got talent there, but something's just not clicking. It's not working. Yeah, they're they're like bleeding cash right now. Like they had to yeah, make. I, I know a couple of guys had to readjust their salaries. Like uh, I forget who it was. They they readjusted their salary just to bring in Antonio Brown. It's like team, team players. Yeah, it's like so going into next season, 
what are you guys going to do? Because you, I mean, of course you have to cut the fat. You have to let the guys go that you don't think is going to produce well. But like when it comes to bringing on newer guys and then draft picks, it's like, where are you finding this money from? Is, is Tom Brady going to pay for these guys? No, is, is <laughs> like the bucks are just bleeding cash. So it's like, to me, it's, you know, they're, they're going for all or nothing with the Super Bowl this year, even though Tom Brady is, you know, there for one more year, possibly next year with his contract. But like, if you're going all in this season, you you added i think they added way too much on the offensive side where i think they are they already had pieces there that were already great you know but they just added way too much you you should have like concentrated more on your offensive line and then your secondary which are the two exposed pieces of your team because you know like we've said this before you can have a fantasy team all day on paper but if it's not executing on the field it's going to be a disaster and that's what i think and I, I'm not pushing the panic button just yet. I'm just saying, I mean, I just think with Bucks fans in general, don't be surprised if they, you know, they, they'll make it to the playoffs, but don't be surprised if they get bounced in the first round. Well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know what we have for the free agents for next year, your top three are Shaquille Barrett, mm-hmm. Levante yep. David, and Rob Gronkowski. Those are all unrestricted free agents. So they're going to have to be re signed. Their average annual value of what they should be getting paid, just market value, according to Sport Track, all three of those guys is roughly around $34, $35 million. So you can't, you can't get it. Yeah, you can't resign. Now Gronk, Tom Brady, you'll take something, but those are two of your best linebackers, you right. know? So, and I, mean, I don't think Gronk's gonna... worth that, to be honest with you. Like, no. as much as as much chemistry as he has with Tom Brady, and that's Tom Brady's guy, is he worth no. what he's producing on offense to yeah, give up, no, you know, big guys on your defensive line? Because I don't think that's I don't think that's where they can afford to lose people. And that's the thing is like, you you can look at it now, and those guys might be team players now, but if they're producing and they're up to be resigned, that that's not gonna it's not gonna fly. Like, they're gonna want to get paid. Well, Barrett hasn't Barrett, Barrett, Barrett hasn't really produced this season as well, so I'm glad That's we fair. gave him we gave yeah. him a one year deal. So now you can reevaluate it as okay, you can yeah. go out in the open market and see what you get, but we can give you this multi year deal, but this could be way less than what you thought it was going to be because you didn't do so well this year. Because a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to be the sack leader again. He's going to be in the double digits, and and he I don't think I don't think he's even reached like ten yet when it comes to sack. Yeah. I, uh, I know JPP is like the sack leader right now on the team, but when it comes to Shaq, it's like he's he's been nowhere to be found on the field. He's been like non-existent. And when it comes to Gronk, I honestly think they should move on from Gronk. Like after the season, I, yeah. let him, if he wants to retire, let him retire. That saves you an extra $10 million. And then you could bring in somebody else to just going to help you out in the, in the long run, especially when it comes to your offensive line. So I hope Jason light makes some good mm-hmm. decisions, which some of his decisions have been very questionable with this team when it comes to the offseason, I just really do because they've got a lot of questions they got to answer. But of course, the season's not even over yet, so we don't know what's going to happen. So that's fair, <laughs> and, and that too is like it's interesting because I do feel like Bruce Arians put a little bit on him by like calling out the last minute signings, and I was like, yeah. that seems a little bit like trouble in paradise. Um, Thank you, Corey, know. for uh, correcting us. By the way, thank you, Corey. JVP has seven, oh, seven okay. and a half, and Shaq has five. five. Thank, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's fair. Like he, I don't think anyone expected him necessarily. I mean, people. Tampa fans did expect him to live up and exceed what he did last year, but I think normal, reasonable people didn't really necessarily think he was going to far exceed what he had last year. But I agree. I think you reevaluate that. Um, So that is like the benefit. But let's switch gears. I think Shooter kind of alluded to it, but the rumors with the Rays and Blake Snell is obviously 
really like the only rumor kind of flying around as it relates to them. But I'm interested to see what you guys, if you were that team, would you shop Blake Snell? And if so, what are you looking to get in return? Chip, I'll let you in. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that, you know, if you look in context of the Rays, they have one of the best farm systems, you know, in the MLB from the trade deadline last year. Uh, so they were near uh, near the Atlanta Braves, and I think Seattle Mariners were kind of towards the top too. So you have you have clubs there that are really rich in prospects. So um, you can afford to let some of these guys go and and either build your current position players or get some more experience or do what you want. If I was getting rid of Snell, I mean, I'd look at teams kind of that are looking that have those rich farm clubs. I would look at the Seattle Mariners. Uh, I would look at the uh, San Diego Padres. They have a lot of good players in their system. Uh, and obviously you're looking to get a top prospect in pitching. Probably any guy in the in the farm system that's one to one to three, one of their top three pitchers. Uh, and then I would look for an experienced presence, uh, maybe on the mound or maybe in the outfield uh, as well for the Rays. So uh, I think when I get to winter meetings, you can probably start to identify prospects and maybe get a little more granular. But definitely one of the top, pitching prospects and whatever organization you're looking for uh i'd be hunting that guy uh and some other veteran players i say let him go i mean <clears throat> listen we've we've especially me i mean i've had my fandom issues with blake snow because of the beginning of the season with him and covid and then his attitude in general but i think i think what to the straw that really broke the camel's back was the world series i mean yanking him so i mean Kevin Cash will never live that down, like ever. That that will go on in history as one of the worst decisions, managerial decisions of all time. That's a bonehead time, like move. So I think maybe that was probably the last straw with that relationship because it, you with a guy like Snell who's already outspoken as is, and he's really he's really he doesn't really like the coaching decisions that Kevin Cash makes. But his value is so high right now because how well he did in the World Series, you can go and fleece and get a haul from those teams that Chip just mentioned. Like, if you go to any one of those teams and say, I've got Blake Snell, I want these pieces from your farm system. And yeah, if you're the Padres or the Seattle Manor, Mariners, which would make a great fit for Snell because he's from Seattle, or yep. the Braves you're going to take a hit in your farm system because the value of Blake Snell is so high. I would say, listen to offers and see what you can get. But I would say the main piece you should get around that too is a catcher. That's one of the things the Rays have never had is a consistent good catchers. Now they've, they brought in guys that, you know, do well for like a season or two. And then the Rays let them go in free agency. You know, Wilson Ramos is one of them. Um, now we can kind of get away from the Mike Zunino of the world and, and Mikey Perez, but like, you know that's something that I think the Rays should covet is a a top pitch a top catching prospect and then you know refill on pitching as well and that's something they need to target. They've already said they've come out this, and said today that management is looking for catchers, catchers, catchers. So whoever's got a top line catcher as a prospect, I say let's take some offers and let's make a deal. I, I honestly the, the Braves are going to be the Rays are going to be okay pitching wise. They've got a lot of young talent in their farm system when it comes to pitching anyway. So letting Charlie Morton go, that's look, he's 37 years old. We don't know how much he's got left in the tank. And Blake Snell, he's not only is he he's commending a lot of money in his contract, I, I just don't think that he's almost to me like a Chris Archer. Like 
he has he mm. yeah he, he's, mm. he's like a crystal yeah it's a bold statement man wow. but look look at look at look at Blake Snell's seasons besides the 2018 Cy Young season he hasn't pitched well he hasn't pitched well at all so if you can go out and get the top of the line haul for what he is at his value right now I say go and do it because I honestly don't think him coming back and with whatever issues that they have with him and Kevin Cash is it's really going to hurt the team instead of helping them out. So I would say if I'm Stu and I'm Eric Neander, I'm going to listen to offers right now. I'd say let him go. Sorry, you know Kevin Cash. Sorry, Kevin Cash fans. won manager of, the, man, manager of the Year, right? Yeah, I do know that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and, and it's interesting too, and and one last thing, but <laughs> like this season kind of feels like championship or bust, um, yeah. just given like the pressure and the uh, obviously the decision to pull Snell and, and how that kind of went over and, and what it turned out to be. In the World Series, is is that job on the line if this season doesn't go perfectly? I mean, it feels a little. Can't be, guys. Cash has managed the same (laughs) way for this long forever. You can't tell me you didn't know that was coming. It was coming. We all knew. They could just decide to change direction. I mean, they could just because that's how he does things doesn't mean that's how they want to do things going forward. But it just feels very got there. Chip, you and I both know we that can managers can get around this. Chip, managers can get fired for less than that. Well, that's true too. But I mean, that who? Fine. Who? Do you, who's going to be the manager? Who? <sighs> Kevin well, Cash would get gobbled up by every team. That's that's great. Every I'm not saying look. I'm not saying. I'm not saying fire Kevin Cash. I do think his 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 hot seat has gotten a little bit warm. So the World Series. No, 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 not, not for going to the World Series, but making and winning manager of the year. Hot seat que- is getting hotter. Questionable decision. <laughs> That's what your seat is getting hot. For. No, you know, I shouldn't say hot. It's getting lukewarm right now. His seat is lukewarm. <laughs> so all eyes are because listen, all eyes are on Kevin Cash and the Rays right now going into next season. How are you going to rebound from your World Series loss? How are well, you going to how are you going to deal with the loss of Charlie Morton and possibly the trading of Blake Snell? How are you going to like? How are well, you going to yeah. figure this out? You're That's what some I, of your best players and so COVID is it could end up bad, and COVID, yeah, I, well, and and COVID has hit their salary too. They didn't make a lot of money. All the so salary that's gonna, caps are going to go down probably in most sports. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. think about think about the payroll that they are going to have to maneuver. Like, get out your calculators right now. We've got to figure out the X, Ys, and Ds, and that three point one fours of the pies of this this whole yes. salary we've got to do. Because Stu is not going to open up the checkbook and sign guys on on gargantuan contracts. It's not going to happen. So if I was Kevin Cash, I would get some like some you know booty wipes and say, Hey, my it's <laughs> getting a little bit lukewarm. Because I, I think I, listen, you can win manager manager year all the day. You can go to the World Series, but if you're not you're not bouncing back from it's a business ship come got, on you oh know no, i know business i know but i just think that everybody was so shocked that he did that he did it every single game none of the starters went past like the seventh inning and when they did they got lit up and no, like i it, was i was shocked you, you what you just have to it, it was the it was just you can know that's how he's gonna. That's what he's gonna do, right? Like he, it's very much like analytics. It's like if this happens, if X, then Y. If X, then yes. Y. But think, like in a World Series game, you have to go if X, then Y. Except when W. You know what I mean? And he didn't pay attention to W. Yes, I, I agree. I you both have great points because it's like we all knew it was gonna happen, but we didn't really want it to happen because it's like 
he was rolling so good. It's like, don't, don't do it. Don't please, for the love of God, don't do this. And he does. It's like, like, and you can't imagine that there was no one there right next to him saying, don't do that. Right. Like you have to imagine that someone said like, maybe we shouldn't do that. I can't imagine. I would hope. I would hope. I would hope so that conversation and you have to be able to walk up. Now this is where you're, you're, if you're a coach who didn't have this conversation and Snell will come out and probably talk about this. If he leaves, you have that before that inning and you go to your, your pitcher and you go, look, man, here's the deal. What do you feel like if we get into situation X, you are gone. Can you go another inning or how do you feel? And I guarantee you Snell would have been adamant. He'd like, Hey, you know, so if there was a conversation had, and he said, look, I'm taking you out as soon as somebody gets on first base, and I don't care what it is, then Jason, he's got to sell him. He's got to say, look, don't do that. I can get you through. If somebody gets to second, or you have to talk your way into the game as a player, and as a coach, you have to trust that player. So if he didn't trust them and they had that conversation, that's the only thing I will say. Cash's seat should be hot. If they had that conversation and he didn't trust Jason Snell and they let him go, Play, Blake Snell. About that. Blake Snell. Like so, sorry. Um, we'll hear about that. And so, oh, uh, oh, trust me, if he gets traded, he's gonna go on Twitch and talk. Oh, about yeah, it. he'll go oh, on. To come on here if you're listening. There you go. Okay. And Blake, I apologize, but yeah, he'll go nuts. Uh, <laughs> to say you know, they didn't have that conversation, but yes, I totally agree, Kaylee. I, you have to have as a manager, you have to have that conversation with your best player right then and there. Do you know he blocked me on Twitter? Who Blake Snell. Why? Well, Evan has some know. less than Okay, well, never mind. He's not going to be on there. No, I don't know. Like, all of a sudden, I got, I, I tried to tweet out something. like, Blake Snell has blocked you. I'm like, what did I say? What did I it say? Was the, it was the COVID uh, comments. No, no, you, it was you, Chip. It was way before that. It was oh, really? way before. Yeah. I was like, what? What did I say, dude? Wow. Blake Bortles didn't even block me. So that is a, that's <laughs> an <accomplishment> <laughs> there. <laughs> he, he noticed me then. Yes, he did. He, he knows who you are because he, he knows who I am. Now. Yeah. <laughs> That's important. That's I wanted. I wanted to walk up to him because we. I saw him un, uh, underneath the tunnel after one game. He was like, he was wearing high water pants and like a SpongeBob T-shirt with a backpack on. It looked like a kid. That sounds like a really great outfit. And I wanted oh. to walk past him and go, "Why did you block me on Twitter?" But He's I didn't. You'd be like, "Why did you block me?" <laughs> I just wanted to whisper, whisper in his ear, like, "Why did you block me?" Oh God! And then you just, should just make a troll account and like message him. I should. Yeah, I'll use our I'll use our play the bay one. Oh, Great, that. please yeah. don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any any final thoughts before we close out episode uh, one? Everybody, uh, happy happy Thanksgiving, yeah. everybody. Yes, yeah, happy mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Uh, Enjoy the turkey I, and the trip to fan. Yes, I will be passed out by the start of the first game. So yes, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's good because they're they're not good games, so. I know they're, they they never are. That's that's the bad part. It's like get it get it together, NFL. Put some like good, good shows on there. You got to have Detroit on there. It's not even Thanksgiving if I don't see the Lions lose. Can't yeah. even count it as a holiday. At least the Steelers play. I'm looking forward to that. There you yeah. go, Steelers Ravens. Right. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of Play the Bay. Follow us on Facebook at Play the Bay 2020, Twitter at Play the Bay TB, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, buddy. Bye. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, 
please contact Believe.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.